Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. We like to do this every Monday, scheduling because of travel for Greg Bell. We had to move it to today, uh, but Greg Bell uh, covers the uh, Seattle Seahawks for the Tacoma News Tribune. He's great. He's going to join us every week to break down the week that was and going forward uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, Seattle, a great game against the uh, Cleveland Browns, a, one, a, a, a game that they were behind in, came back and won. So here you go. Enjoy. We go now to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in a man who covers the Seattle Seahawks for the Tacoma News Tribune, Greg Bell, joining us uh, here to talk about the Seahawks versus the Cleveland Browns. You were at this game in Cleveland, a big win for Seattle, and uh, Seattle only plays close games, it seems like, right, Greg? So it doesn't really matter if it's a good team, bad team, whatever. They're always going to play close, but they're now 5-1 and one on the season and a win against the very talented, though still trying to find themselves, Cleveland team. What did you think about the game in general on Sunday? Well, I thought it was the Seahawks veterans showing up, and their longest-tenured players won them the game. Russell Wilson, brilliant again. Another 100-plus passer rating game, uh, 23 of 33, 295. He is the fourth player in NFL history to have a 100-plus passer rating in each of his first six games. Brady Rogers and Carson Palmer are the others. Then when it was 20-6, to six, they were down one play into the second quarter. Bobby Wagner, the all-pro middle linebacker, of course, got the defense together and basically gave him a, a buck-up talk and saying, get with this, this is not who we are. But, but schematically, he made the point of quit freelancing. There were guys that were overrunning their gaps. Their run fits weren't fitting because they were getting nosy. Nick Chubb went on a 60-plus yard run because of guys out of position. Just play your play, do your job, and let's be better. And the guys said that the, that helped. The defense settled down after Wagner got them together. At the end of the game, when they needed a drive for points, 
it was Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson again, almost unspoken, two straight completions on improvisational plays. I got him to the goal line, and then Chris Carson put it in. And then finally, K.J. Wright, the longest-tenured Seahawk of them all, with the interception on the Baker Mayfield pass off Hilliard, the receiver's hands in the flat that pretty much clinched the game. The Seahawks ran the clock out from there. So as young as they are, as changed as they are, Sunday in Cleveland was an example of the oldest Seahawks leading them to win. Cleveland going through their struggles again this year, but always a tough place to play. After seeing the Browns live and in person, is that a quality win for the Seahawks? And what did you just think of just their ability to get it done once again? Road wins in the NFL are important in quality. Anyway. True. Uh, and, yes, that is a talented team that's not playing to their talent in Cleveland right now. Uh, Baker Mayfield made some plays. His receivers should have caught balls for him, frankly. Odell Beckham, as good as he ended up being, six catches, and that really acrobatic catch on the sideline, that he's dropped three passes. Um, I mentioned the interception off of Hilliard's hands. There were plays to be made there for the Browns. They just didn't make them. And I think they're very talented. Their defensive front is an attacking one. Miles Garrett, two sacks against George Finn and one up the middle when, when Wilson ran into him. Uh, it's just the Browns team that it seems the Seahawks caught at a good time. They came out like the Seahawks thought they would and, and punched them in the mouth, according to uh, Bobby Wagner's words. And that was after being embarrassed on Monday Night Football in San Francisco. So the Seahawks, if you can withstand somebody's best punch in the early part of the game and fall behind by two scores on the road and still win, absolutely, that's, that's a quality win. Greg Bell joining us. He covers the Seahawks for the Tacoma News Tribune at GBell Seattle on Twitter. If you're looking to follow him, joins us each week to go over the game that was for the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, right now, I mean, early in the season, but through the first six weeks, I mean, is there anybody playing better than Russell Wilson? I mean, to me, he is the MVP of the NFL as of right now. Do you see that the same way? Well, I, I, I don't get into that talk in October. There's 10 more games still to play, and sure. there are a lot of players who look good in September and October, but games in December are the ones that determine that. And the teams that win the division and have go on to the playoffs tend to have the MVP players, but for right now, he's the best player in the league. Yeah, and I mean, through six games, though, I mean, there's nobody better than, than, than Russ, right? No. And 17 touchdowns, three running, 14 passing, and no interceptions. Uh, as I mentioned, the passer ratings over 100 every game. Uh, he he is such he is more command of the offense than his play caller does. Brian Schottenheimer here only at the beginning of his second year with the Seahawks. Wilson mastery of offense makes him so comfortable to change to uh, change plays at the line to change in the middle of a play, and it's where his poise comes from. He's always had that, but now he has such deep experience and knowledge of what Carroll and Schottenheimer want him to do that it's almost a, a natural. Uh, poise that he has and confidence he has. Sunday's helmet speaker went out, and it was in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, and so on his own, he improvisationally just said, I'm calling all the plays, and there's no, no huddle. And he went into two-minute mode, and they went seven plays, 58 yards right down the field, Gerard Brown's second touchdown, and they took the lead for the first time in the game. A lot of fans say that Wilson should do that all the time. <laughs> just take <laughs> it Wilson, off, right. Wilson said he knows the playbook, he knows the game planning so intricately that he can do that. And he knows what Schottenheimer probably would have called anyway. Um, that's just one example of the mastery that he has. 
the bottom line is the Seahawks guys have the best player on the planet at the most important position on the field in every game right now. And that's the decisive advantage they have. No matter the offensive line, injury issues, the pass rush isn't getting home, uh, penalties, the fumbles, the first and 20, all of that aside, they have the best player at the most important position in the sport, and that's why they're 5-1. and one. It's fascinating evolution for a guy who's been so good for so long to then take it to this next level uh, now here seven seven years into eight, his career, yeah. eight years into his career. Is there anything you can point to as to why? Well, I just mentioned it. He, he has an innate sense of what the Seahawks and Carroll particularly wants to do. He's risk-averse with the ball. He's not a guy that usually throws the ball up into traffic and tries to get his guy to make a play. You have to be open, and otherwise he's going to take off and run for eight yards instead of throwing a risky pass. Uh, he has the ability to escape pressure that instead of just throwing it away, he can get the six- or eight-yard scramble. And that extends drive. Instead of second and ten, it's second and four. Uh, it, it's plays like that that make him a different kind of quarterback. Now, the Seahawks are going to get one Sunday and to March, Lamar Jackson, who's much different than anybody they've played this year either. But the multidimensional factor, the fact that he's so hard to defend, take one thing away from him, he'll go find another. And it's just his mastery of the overall program. And if you know you're, as a quarterback, if you know your offense better than your play caller does, you probably have an innate sense of what to do at the right place at the right time. And that's what Russell Wilson is right now. It's, every, it's almost funny to say, but he's becoming a bargain at $140 million for the Seahawks. Right. It's crazy. I mean, he's he's the guy that's pushing it the other direction. Everybody wonders when the market's going to break, uh, you know, at, at the price point. And right now, Russell's proven that uh, it, it hasn't reached that mark if you can get that type of production out of the position. Greg Bell joining us, beat writer for the Seattle Seahawks for the Tacoma News Tribune. And, Greg, uh, especially here in Montana, uh, but I know for for Seattle fans everywhere, they're very very disappointed to see Will Disley go down with the injury uh, and uh, and the Achilles on Sunday. Two part question for you: First of all, how big a loss is that for Seattle with the production that he had? And then secondly, can can Luke Wilson fill that void, or are they going to really you know not really have that as part of their offense now? What do you see going forward? Well. We're not supposed to root, and I'm not from Seattle originally, so I don't have a huge rooting interest in the Seahawks, but I'm rooting for Will Disley. And from what he's gone through, I don't have to tell the people in Montana, your listeners, what he went through to get back to where he was, and now he's got to start all over and do it again. Pete Carroll said that in the locker room in Cleveland about an hour after the injury, he was absolutely amazed at how positive Will Disley was and how saying, I'm going to practice again just like I did last time. I'll be back in 2020. I'll be fine. Count on me. Carroll couldn't believe it. And if you're impressing Pete Carroll with your positive vibe, you're doing something. <laughs> the most optimistic guy on earth, right? right? Yeah. Right. And he was wild by how Disley, I mean, this was an hour after the injury. After we found out he was done for the year again. Think about that. How much he knew, he knows more than anybody on that team what's staring in front of him right now. Right. And in the 12 months of rehab and the lonely days where you're not even close to playing, and while everybody else is basically in their offseason, you're in the training room in Seattle with trainers trying to make your foot flex again. And you're basically going to have to teach yourself to walk again. Uh, a non-contact injury, it was, it was sickening to watch. It was right in front of me at the press box. Uh, it, was, it made me ill to actually see his foot go the way it did. And we all, everyone, the medical staff, the way the doctor ran out, all knew it was a serious injury exactly when it happened. Just 
feel for the guy, and he deserves better, and he's the kind of guy that's going to kill the rehab coming back. And and I would not be surprised at all if he was where he was when he left. Uh, six touchdown catches in nine games. Russell Wilson's trust in him is just supernatural for how inexperienced he is. I mean, you guys, as you know, this is a former defensive tackle. Right. The University of Washington schooling NFL linebackers, safeties, and cornerbacks for touchdowns in the NFL. He guys still leads the Seahawks with four touchdown catches. He goes to I, he will go to IR this week, leading the team in touchdown catches. They didn't envision that when they drafted him last year. No, Luke Wilson's not going to replace him. Nobody on the roster is going to replace him. Frankly, uh, it's crazy to say that about a guy ten games into his career, but that's how close he had already become with Will Disley and Russell Wilson. Uh, what they have in two weeks, though, is Ed Dixon eligible to come off of injured reserve. He was starting tight end last year. He had knee surgery in August. Carroll's not sure if Ed Dixon is ready to come back physically yet, but in two weeks he would be eligible to. So in the meantime, I expect a lot of three and four wide receiver sets to offset the fact they have only two tight ends on the roster right now, Luke Wilson and Jacob Hollister, the practice squad from OT from Monday, but first Friday, who made his debut in Cleveland. But there will not be replacing Will Disley. That's how uniquely uh, skilled he has become in the offense already. So often when you have guys that are maybe converted guys like Will Disley who didn't play much offense in college or guys that are lower-round draft picks like he was as a fourth-round guy, when you get two different catastrophic injuries, sometimes it can just be the writing on the wall at the end. But as as we know, Will Disley is going to work hard to get back. But do you feel like his spot in the organization is solidified despite the fact that he has only appeared in 10 games? No. Absolutely. They, like I said, they have been blown away both by his production on the field and his attitude. And those coaches aren't stupid. They see the trust that Wilson has entrusted in Disley, the work they've done off the field, the uh, Bible study they share, the talks they have outside of football. Uh, he is absolutely an asset to the offense. He's under contract for two more years. So there's a lot for him to do before he gets back on the field. But again, they've already seen that he's, as Carol said yesterday, that he's going to beat the timetables like he did with the patellar rupture. And uh, it's just a shame a guy who is having as good of an early career is having a season cut short after a month and a half again. Greg, we'll get you out of here on this. Just a quick look forward to the Ravens this weekend. If somebody wanted to play devil's advocate, which I'm happy to, uh, you can look at the the Seahawks schedule up to this point and see a lot of close wins over some not very good teams and some wins over some teams that aren't playing to their potential. And the one loss maybe to the best team they played was the Saints. How big a game is this Ravens? Uh, uh, game this weekend with what what we think is a, you know a pretty solid team and obviously the return of Earl Thomas to the Pacific Northwest. Oh yeah. Oh by the way, Earl Thomas. Remember that guy? Right. That's no small factor either. This is a challenge for them. Uh, the Ravens run it better than anybody in the league. They're what the Seahawks want to be still. And uh, rushing Lamar Jackson is a quarterback they haven't faced in years. They run a hundred yard rusher. I think he led the NFL and all rushers. In, this past weekend and when he beat the Bengals. He's on a pace to have Mike break Mike Vick's record for rushing for a quarterback in a single season. The Ravens are on pace to obliterate the NFL record for rushing yards in a season. Number one ranked offense, 450 yards a game, 30-plus points a game. This is a challenge that defense has not faced this year. I don't think their run defense, the Seahawks, have been t- tested yet. Their numbers are good because the teams they've played have thrown the ball more. 
and that they were barely tested at all in Cleveland again in the second half once the Browns decided to throw the ball a lot more than I thought Freddie Kitchen should have. They, they should have stuck with Nick Chubb, and the Seahawks would have had a hard time winning that game. It, they're going to come at him, the Ravens are, with the run. And an untested, unproven run defense. The Seahawks get Darren Reed back this week from suspension of defensive tackle, and that will help. But, uh, yeah, it's a big game in the sense that the 49ers are going to be in Washington playing the 1-5 and five Redskins at the same time on Sunday, actually earlier on Sunday. And there's a real good chance, a strong chance, they're going to be 6-0. and oh. They need to win to keep pace with them. Well, I, I will say this uh, on the Seahawks' behalf. All those stats for the Ravens, impressive. But they racked up 7,000 yards and 250 points in Week 1 against Miami. So it does skew it true. a little bit, uh, you know, once you've That's got true. the Dolphins on your roster. Hey, Craig, we appreciate the time very much, as always. Again, on Twitter, at Seattle. Where else can people listen and read you? Uh, well, thank you. It's the, the com or Tacoma News Tribune website. All my stories are on there as well. Great. Greg, we really appreciate it, and thanks so much for the time. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, guys, thanks. Colter, something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. I mean, he makes a compelling argument, man, when the best player of the game is playing the most important position of the game for your team, you're always going to have an advantage. Now, is it that hands down that Russell Wilson is the best quarterback that there is? Probably not, but he is playing the best through six games this NFL season. I don't think that is in doubt. I mean, <laughs> the recency bias of watching some of the throws that Aaron Rodgers made last night, yeah. you're like, man, how is this guy? I mean, I mean, look at me. I'm doing a Seattle Seahawks segment in full Packers regalia. Go Pack Go. But yes, all right. I mean, it, uh, it, it's, uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Russell Wilson is a peerless competitor. He's an unbelievable competitor. And I think that's just truly what sets him apart. His arm talent is ridiculous. We all, we all know that. I mean, he's had one of the best arms in the league or in the country, whatever level he's been at since he came to college. I mean, he has had an elite, I mean, he's got such an elite arm. He got drafted in baseball. I mean, he's, he's got a silly arm, but it's his, it's his never say die attitude. And and the fact that, you know, I was very skeptical of this when they made him the one of the highest paid players in the NFL. I was skeptical what that would do to their roster. Mm -hmm. But I think that the fact that that has then straight empowered him to be the show, the team, it's like he, it's like Greg Bell just said, 
he knows the playbook way better than Brian Schottheimer, who's the offensive coordinator. <laughs> right. That in itself, when you have the mindset and the the relentless competitive attitude like Russell Wilson, it just it's, it puts you over the top. And that I think that's what's been so impressive about him, his efficiency, but also his command. I think that's the part that's just so impressive, and that's why he's operating at an MVP-like level. Sutel Nuanis, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Our thanks to Greg Bell uh, for joining us, talking a little bit of Seahawks as they get ready for now a, a, a good, a really good uh, Baltimore team on Sunday. We'll take a quick break. Grizzlies at Sacramento State on Saturday. Montana State enjoying a bye, or maybe not enjoying, but on a bye, and needed bye, I think, so you should enjoy it at least, try and get healthy. But it's going to be a battle between two good quarterbacks. The last four Big Sky offensive players of the week have been one of these two players, Kevin Thompson or Dalton Sneed. We'll hear from Bobby Houck about Kevin Thompson, and then we will talk about these two quarterbacks overlaying them against each other right after this. Hey, cleaning your gutters, it ain't fun, okay? And it's potentially dangerous. You'd fall, you could get hurt. Headed to the head of the hospital, and but guess what? Your gutters still won't be clean. If that happens, job half done. You don't want that. Go to MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Cleaning your gutters is messy. It does not smell good. It's difficult to do. You probably don't have the right equipment. Get somebody who's got the right equipment, who knows what they're doing, who's fully insured, and who will take that headache off of your plate. Okay, MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. You spend a few bucks, you check it off your list. You can go play golf a late season round. You can watch some football. You can go on a date, go out to dinner, whatever you want to do. Okay? Get your estimate now, MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. When the job is done, you're going to get a $20 gift card, too. How about that? They're going to give you a present to your favorite brewery or coffee shop as soon as the job is finished. Online, MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Don't waste your time. Don't risk anything. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas. The Big Sky Conference continues to put five teams in the weekly Stats FCS Top 25 poll. But this week, the national poll features a new squad. For the first time since 2011, the Sacramento State Hornets are in the Top 25. They defeated number 22 Eastern Washington and number 6 Montana State in consecutive weeks. At Hornets break into the poll at number 15. The 34-21 win in Bozeman last week served as Sac State's first at Bobcat Stadium since 91. And the number 6 ranking of MSU was the highest victory for a ranked opponent ever for Sac Sacramento State. Two-time defending Big Sky champion Weber State held steady at number four after a 29-14 win over in-state rival Southern Utah. Montana moved up three spots to number five despite having a bye last week as four teams in the top 10 and 11 in the top 25 fell. Montana State was one of those teams that fell, dropping six spots to number 12. A 48-24 win by UC Davis helped the Aggies snap a three-game losing streak and move up one spot from number 24 to number 23. 
In Bozeman last week, Sac State quarterback Kevin Thompson put on a clinic. He piled up 334 yards of total offense and five touchdowns, becoming the Big Sky Offensive Player of the Week. The former UNLV transfer was recruited to Vegas by current Grizz head coach Bobby Houck. He leads the Hornets against the Grizz in Sacramento on Saturday night. And in the ALCS, the New York Yankees losing 4-0 in the bottom of the eighth. One out, five outs away from Houston going up 2-0. pitches, I think, from Garrett Cole in this one, shutting out the Yankees through seven, and Joe Smith walks on, loads the bases, gets a controversial out at first, and then, as we're talking, the Yankees are on the board. Home run for the New York Yankees. They break through 4-1. Impressive. Okay. It ain't over. It ain't over yet. Things were rolling. Question of whether Garrett Cole should even come out of the game and looks like that. The Yankees are on the board, get a uh, get a home run to at least break through and start to make this a little bit interesting. Two-Tail Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Golter, uh, we are uh, broadcasting live, by the way, from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. Kevin Thompson and Dalton Sneed, to me, I don't know if they're the two most similar. You might be able to find two guys that are similar, but they are the most similar to each other. If you're comparing Dalton Sneed to any other quarterback in the Big Sky Conference, to me, the comparison is Kevin Thompson and vice versa. Kevin Thompson has a, a, a great arm. He plays in a really good system and is just really talented all the way around. What stuck out to me most on Saturday, watching him in person, he's so quiet in the pocket. He is really, really poised and, you know, unflappable back there. And, you know, obviously he takes off and runs and scrambles and does all that stuff. But when he's sitting back there, it's just easy. And when he throws the football, it's just kind of on to the next play. You think of quarterback with so much, so many progressions, so much flying at you, defensive ends trying to, you know, get to your blind side. And it's a frenetic position, man. I mean, it just is the decision-making that's got to come. Guys, you can just sort of sit back there and I won't say make it look easy because it's not easy, but be calm about the way that they go about it are really impressive to me. And I found Kevin Thompson to be that on Saturday. It's interesting because Bobby Hawk recruited both these guys to right. UNLV. And I do think that broadly they're similar because they can both run, they can both throw. But I think they're not that similar in certain elements mainly i think that the personalities their their own personal personalities play into the way that they play kevin mm. thompson is much more cool calm and collected and a smooth operator whereas dalton sneed is an aggressive son of a gun i mean, yeah. they, I mean this yeah, guy right. is coming at you i mean dalton sneed throws the ball 95 miles per hour in the first quarter all the time it takes him forever to get locked in because he's straight up so juiced whereas kevin thompson He's like the wise old guy. He's He has seen it. He's mm-hmm. been there. I think he appreciates where he's at, being a sixth-year junior who's going to have a seventh year of college eligibility next year. I mean, it's like he said, the running joke around the Sac State campus is they call him Dr. Thompson. You're going to have your Ph.D. by the time you're even out of here. I think that comes into his uh, into play as well. You know, Also, when, you, when he runs the ball, he's bigger than Snead. He can run a little bit more between the tackles, but he's not nearly as explosive. Dalton State, as we saw last year against Sac State, 
He could put his foot in the ground. And he could rip off a 75-yard touchdown yeah. run. Thompson can gash you for sure, but I don't think he's necessarily the big play threat. Sneed, now that Troy Anderson's playing defense at Montana State for now or whatever they might be doing with him, <laughs> Sneed is the most explosive runner in the league mm. outside of Eric Berry at Eastern Washington. And I think that these two guys right now are 1A and 1B for the Big State Conference Offensive Player of the Year if the season were to end today. Uh, a lot of great quarterbacks in the Big Sky. We knew that was going to be the case coming into this thing. The last week, look at the stat lines across the league. I mean, everything, but well, the Grizzlies were off, but the rest of the stat lines, I mean, everybody was on full display. I mean, mm. Barry threw for almost 500 yards and five touchdowns. Right. Matt Strzok threw for almost 400 yards and five touchdowns. Jake Mayer threw for almost 400 yards and four touchdowns. So guys were lighting it up across the league, and I expect that to continue. But it's an interesting comparing and contrasting because I think that Kevin Thompson and Dalton Sneed are equally as important to their teams. Honestly, Sneed might be just slightly more just because of his fiery leadership, which goes so hand-in-hand with his head coach. But you could also say that about Thompson because Troy Taylor is such a cerebral play caller, and Thompson, he can make the adjustments on the fly. I I, I thought that Sneed has made some of the the most wow throws in the league this year. A couple of those throws he made against UC Davis, that ball yeah. was whistling. And yeah. you're like, man, that's a lead, that's an NFL caliber throw. But Thompson, his touch is so impressive. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of throws in that cat game where he basically threw it between the levels. Eight inches over where the middle linebacker or the safety couldn't get there, yeah. and it was just money every yeah. time. So uh, these two are definitely two of the better guys in the league, probably the two best, at least in terms of operation right now. You asked uh, Bobby Houck about Kevin Thompson. Here it is. What would you like about Kevin Thompson coming out of high school, and what have you found the way his career has evolved? Because it's been very atypical to be able to play this long and still have two years left. Well, you know, he's 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 in this situation because he's had a bunch of injuries. But uh, you know, Kevin's a he's a good athlete. He can run. He's fast. He's got a good arm. Um, I think he's got a real good feel in the pocket. Knows when to pull it down and go and and when he does he's really effective he's good in the quarterback run game um you know just a, he's a good football player and he's competitive you know he's a guy that uh from a young age you could tell he loved to play there you go there's bobby hauck on on kevin thompson on this season so far 148 of 226 that's uh, a 65 and a half percent completion percentage for 1735 yards for kevin thompson dalton sneed 159 of 234, 1879 uh, yards. His percentage 68%. So these guys are are hand in hand with one each with with one another where they're at. 15 and four touchdown to interception for Dalton Sneed. 19 to four for Kevin Thompson. So I mean the the the, the numbers remarkably similar between these two players here halfway through the year. Well, the last three seasons with Kevin Thompson healthy, he has thrown. After last week, he's thrown 44 touchdown passes and eight interceptions as a starter at Sac State. That's unbelievable mm-hmm. efficiency. Dalton Sneed, in his two years as a starter as Montana, he has thrown 37 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. So still pretty darn good. Yeah. But the single-digit interceptions by Thompson is impressive. Sneed's thrown for 313 yards per game, and Thompson's thrown for 289 yards per game. I think a little bit of that is just the fact that Sac State's run game is a little bit better as well. Uh, so they don't have to rely on as much, but also they don't have the receivers to force feed the ball like Montana does. I mean, right now, Sammy Kim is number one in the league in receiving yards per game, 95 yards per game. But Samari Torrey is number five in the league in receiving yards per game at uh, 
89.8 yards per game. So those two guys are, are high-level producers. And, oh, by the way, they also have one of the best slot guys in the league, Jerry Lou McGee, and that's not to mention some of the other guys who can really hurt you as well. Right. So Montana has more weapons on the outside, but Kevin Thompson's done such a great job of using all his weapons as well. Pierre Williams is their go-to guy, number 84. Uh, he's a big, strong guy who really burst onto the scene a year ago. But Elijah Dotson has been tremendous in the pass game as well. I mean, he's fourth in the conference in receptions per game. He's catching six and a half passes per game. He's got 39 catches for 437 yards and three touchdowns. So that's impressive numbers for a season for a running back out of the backfield, let alone at this point in the year. So uh, it's an interesting comparing and contrasting because these guys are both very savvy. And uh, I think that Kevin Thompson is a little bit more consistent, but Dalton stays a little bit more explosive. Yeah. And, you know, you're right to point out the differences personality wise and what and that that matters football wise in the, in the way that these two guys go about it because they are very different in that respect i just think that their skill sets i mean they both have they they both fit what their offensive coordinators and their coaches are trying to do about perfectly i mean i don't mm-hmm. know if you could imagine a better guy for their respective systems which is credit to everybody i mean you're supposed to build it around a guy if you got a guy that you believe in so that both both montana and sacramento state have done that but i think the dual threat side of it where they're Eric Berry is unbelievable with his legs. I mean, what he can do making guys miss and all that, he's he's the best runner to me of all the quarterbacks in the Big Sky Conference. But but Dalton Sneed and Kevin Thompson both will kill you with their legs and on some of the RPO stuff and 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 the cold run stuff as well. To your point, Dalton Sneed probably a better runner than than KT is, but both of them uh, it, let's put it like this. It's a game-planning headache for every defense. Like, you have to prepare for it and try and figure out how it is that you're going to deal with it, and it's not easy to do, and they both bring that element to the game. And the the finesse that Kevin Thompson showed versus the rifle that that uh, that Dalton Sneed has shown is, uh, you know, is certainly a dissimilarity, but how they end up operating the offense and the and and what they are able to to do in the pass game is similar the difference to me the the the, the central difference is what you just pointed out the fact that Montana just has more dudes a lot more i mean you talk about the big 3 all day long but you could get right i mean Gabe Solser Mitch Roberts did i get it right yes yes you did Woo! i'm firing on all cylinders today <laughs> Uh, the, the 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 triple-headed tight end group and, you know, throwing Marcus Knight in there. I mean, hey, the, Gabe Solser. It, it Gabe Solser, right. So th- they have they have so many more high-end weapons, it seems to me, uh, and that is that is part of it. I, I do think if there is one knock, though, that we've seen from Dalton State, it is his inability at times to just lay it up there. Like he, mm-hmm. like he has to fire it in there totally. all the time. And like, no, you, you don't. We, we last game, we were talking about Snead throwing on the sideline, and it looked like he was throwing gingerly, and we mm-hmm. wondered if he had taken a hit on his shoulder, which he's had problems with in the past. We also wondered then uh, if he got hit on the elbow and he was having trouble gripping the ball. I got a text from a listener. I hadn't thought of this. The listener's observation was that he was throwing lightly intentionally to Warming try to get up. himself to take – a little bit off of it because mm. he had been just rifling the ball in that first quarter against Idaho State. I thought that was an interesting point. I don't really know what the confirmation is. I'm going to interview Dalton Sneed after practice tomorrow, so I'll ask him. 
And yeah, we'll, and we'll find out. Because it, it was, he he was certainly throwing it lightly. We might have thought gingerly is an odd throwing motion, and maybe it's just a, maybe it's just kind of a, a stretch it out thing. It was very deliberate though when you were watching. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing. He mm-hmm. was he was not doing this in some natural throwing motion. He was you know over there. But yeah, uh, an interesting deal. Point being, both these kids. Uh, tremendous at their respective positions and in their respective schools. And it's going to be a, a, a really fun game to see these two uh, lead their offenses and go about it on uh, on Saturday evening. That game again on SWX Montana Television uh, across the state. Take a quick break. We'll wrap this thing up. We'll get into some baseball stuff. We are now into the top of the ninth inning. One on, two outs for Houston as they bat. Uh, after the uh, uh, Torres home run for the Yankees, they were not able to score again in the eighth inning. So uh, two outs for uh, Houston, and then they will come on and try and close out the New York Yankees in the bottom of the ninth. We'll keep you updated on that. Get you set for Washington. St. Louis next. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, that can take care of you. To tell in Nuanes. Listen to the podcast on the TuneIn Radio app or on iTunes, 1029ESPN.com. Yankees still not out of the inning. Two on, two out in the top of the ninth. A one and two count with Uriel from Lewis Sessa. Sessa struck out the side in the eighth, trying to get out of a little jam here in the ninth. Good gear able to pop up, so it looks like the Yankees will head to the bottom of the ninth inning in a three-run deficit. They got three outs to figure out a way to get three runs against the Houston Astros. This series tied at a game apiece. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We're broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83, and see the online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything in the show, you can check it out on the podcast. The podcast available wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to the Two Tell and Nuanas podcast. It's available thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. New episode of FCS Speculators uh, going to be out uh, tomorrow, early Thursday, something like that. Uh, and uh, happy to do that. Episode four. We got some good stuff in there for you of this week. Some more great guests. So uh, enjoying doing that and. Uh, Man, I killed it this last week. I feel very good about my bad self. 
Oh man, eight and two against the spread, Coulter. I mean, come on now, that's Start like pro. That's like sharks. No man, no, can't, no. Can't. Uh, the, 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 we know how that goes. I went a hundred in a row, and the first one I put down three dollars on. No chance. Well, I you won eighty five cents during your anniversary weekend. I did win eighty five cents, <laughs> but I tipped it. So God, I would just love to see you in Butte, Montana, Butte, America, cashing Good. out an eighty five cent win. The lady probably just wanted to throw the change. She first of all probably wanted to give you eighty five pennies. You want to know what she? You don't want to. You want to know what she did? She looked at me very, very quizzically. Then a little bit sort of shoulder shruggishly, if I might say, and walked off and then brought me my money. And then, you know what? She loved me after that. You're hard not to love. The bane of my existence. (laughs) 12 years. What's up, Tina? You got to me first. Congratulations. You won the lottery. Have we done everything online? 1029ESPN.com. Opportunity Bank brings us the uh, live stream each and every day. We appreciate them for that. Listen live on that Listen Live tab there at the website, and you can listen wherever you are, out of market, in market, doesn't even matter. Uh, Coulter, uh, uh, again, want to remind everybody, uh, our ESPN roundtable tomorrow on the show, and then again at noon on Thursday with Andy Thompson, defensive coordinator of the uh, uh, Sacramento State Hornets, uh, former Grizzly football player, longtime coordinator for Jerome Sowers at NAU, his first year at Sacramento State. Uh, really good to catch up with Andy again. Uh, he's been, you know, coaching 20 years almost, a long time, 04 he graduated, so 15, but uh, he's been in in football his whole life and uh, and is uh, is doing a really good job of it in uh, Sac- at Sacramento State. I mean, they're the number one scoring defense, number one total defense in the Big Sky Conference. Hard to be better than that. So I look forward to talking with him uh, tomorrow on the show uh, for the roundtable. He's married to a Missoula girl, so he's got a lot of Missoula family. Yeah, comes back. I'm sure there's Missoula people around here. And every time the Montana job comes open or a job at Montana comes open, his name's his name's almost almost always floated around. But we got breaking news coming through the headphones. Marcus Peters traded earlier today by the Rams to the Baltimore Ravens. Tell the people what just happened. They're wanting to make space, evidently. Uh, David Graff, producer, breaking news in the headset. Jalen Ramsey from the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Los Angeles Rams. So uh, I guess an upgrade, Marcus Peters to Jalen Ramsey. If Jalen Ramsey's content and happy, he plays very, very well. So, uh, you know, significant. Not necessarily unexpected. We've been waiting for it, and now we got it. So Jalen Ramsey off of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and over to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, probably more on that tomorrow would be my guess. Uh, we'll get into it. Uh, Want to give you another update here. It is it is the bottom of the ninth inning now. The New York Yankees trying to stay alive in this baseball game. Garrett Cole pitched an absolute gem. Seven innings of shutout baseball. I think 111 pitches for Garrett Cole for the Houston Astros. Uh, they uh, The relief pitcher, Joe Cat, who, who's it, Joe Cole, I think, in the uh, second inning? Uh, or in the eighth inning, excuse me, gave up a, a single one-shot solo home run uh, to New York. That gave them one run. But in the bottom of the ninth inning, the second fly out to center field has just been made, and Ozuna is on to close this thing out for Houston, and the Yankees down to their final out in game three. It's a big game, man. And Garrett Cole came on, did what he was supposed to do to be a dominant ace type of starting pitcher, went 
perfect. I mean, he, he wasn't perfect in the in the pitching sense, perfect uh, in terms of a perfect game. But at the end of the day, what matters? Runs. He gave up none of them. That's perfect. And uh, and now Houston looking to take a two one lead in this series. But again, this is uh, this is a series that could go a long, long ways. Houston has the better starting pitching by far in this series. The Yankees have the better bullpen by far in this series, and both these teams can light it up offensively. I mean, they got dudes up and down the lineup for both of these teams. So it's really interesting. The Yankees have to get an early lead in order to just go to the bullpen and bring out shutdown guy after shutdown guy, and they really haven't been able to do it. They have not been able to get to the Houston starting pitching uh, in in this series as of yet. Not not, not When I say get to, I mean really get to it like get yourself a lead where you can start to kick that bullpen into uh into drive word is tomorrow bad weather expected in the big apple and so uh we will have game four for you on espn radio tomorrow but just be aware uh they're already talking about a potential delay if not postponement of the baseball game of game four tomorrow uh, in this in this alcs we also today after the show here in just a couple minutes, going to send you out to the nation's capital where amazingly the Washington Nationals are one game away from the World Series. I mean, this is this is a stunner to me, Coulter. I mean, I know when you got Strasburg and when you got Scherzer and when you got Rendon, I mean, he, you're in business, okay? I mean, this is a good team. But to lose Bryce Harper and to have been as, I, I wouldn't say hapless. I mean, they've been nothing but a joke. Last out made, game over, game three to Houston. Um, it's not – the Washington Nationals have been a good team, but they've been a disappointment relative to expectations. Mm-hmm. And then you lose a guy who's, you know, one of the great young talents of the game, and you go, okay, well, you know, we'll see. And now all of a sudden they have the best year in their franchise's history and are a game away from, from the ultimate, you know, series. The Ewing theory strikes again. Yeah. The New York Knicks built it around Patrick Ewing for 20 years, and then when Patrick Ewing retired, what do the Knicks do? They rip off all the way to the NBA Finals. They didn't win that Finals. That was the first championship for Tim Duncan and David Robinson and the Spurs, but they got better without their the, the, the pillar of their franchise. And baseball is not the same in terms of the team continuity. I mean, it does help to get along as a baseball team, make no doubt, but you know, it makes more sense when you were when – you, get rid of a focal point how everybody else can thrive just because you don't have this especially in Patrick Hewitt's case seven foot guy you just got to dump the ball down to because why wouldn't you he's one of the all-time great players in NBA history but it happens a lot man when you sometimes you have this transcendent and dominant star when they leave it lets everybody else be free and, and somehow it just it makes it so that you can surge interesting that there's been this weird dark cloud over Washington sports for quite some time and the Capitals and the Nationals had almost the identical narrative one of the great players in the game, in Alex Ovechkin or Bryce Harper, great in the regular season, largely disappointing in the postseason. Yep. The difference is Ovechkin led the Capitals they, to they the got there, yeah. to the Stanley Cup, yeah. but the Nationals now, and if they could turn this and, and win one, that would be epic for the nation's capital. And uh, you just wonder when the, the luck is going to matriculate down to the Washington Wizards. I'll tell you this, it ain't going to matriculate down to the Washington Redskins. They are so far beyond dysfunctional to ever even receive a drop of luck. It ain't happening until Dan Snyder sells that team. 
Uh, Patrick Corbin going for the Washington Nationals. Dakota Hudson, right handy, right hander, going for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, by the way, quick update: the uh, ja- Jacksonville Jaguars receiving two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey in 2020 and 2021. The next two drafts, they're going to get the Rams' first-round picks, and they're getting a fourth-rounder in 2021 as well. So three draft picks, two big ones, heading over from the Los Angeles Rams to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a win-now move if ever there was one. Uh, Well, gutsy, I guess is what I would say about that. It's going to take me some time to go through this and try and figure out exactly what I think about it. I think the Rams felt like, hey, things aren't going that well. The thing is, I think people felt largely like it was not really clicking all that much on offense, and they go and they make the big defensive splash here, getting Jalen Ramsey. But it's a, a, a major pickup and one that's going to be all over the board the next 24 hours uh, in this uh, in this next news cycle. So I'm excited about that. I mean, Jalen Ramsey one of the most talented players in the league. The Rams are really searching right now, and yeah, this could be a huge – I mean, he's upgrading talent over Marcus Peters, no question. But – and we'll get into this a little bit more tomorrow, but the Rams with where they're at right now, the Super Bowl hangover, not being able to get back on track, is this an unnecessary distraction? We'll see. Enjoy Game 4 NLCS right now. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes. And they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold. Or visit online anytime, anywhere, MSU Bookstore. .org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.